be easy on yourself. Like you don't, you're arriving at this moment in your own time. Like there's no rush and it's a hundred percent worth taking that risk to, to live your truth because it's suffocating when you don't, it, it impacts everything. It's suffocating. And so it's worth it. And there, and there is love out there for you in the world. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to This One's For You. I am your host, Ellen Noble, and welcome back to part two of my talk with Leah Davidson. If you haven't already listened to part one, I would highly, highly recommend it. We talked about so many great things just a few months, just a few moments ago. And I think not only does the episode contain just so many gems, but it also gives really good context to who you are. And I hope that this episode provides further context to you, um, maybe in a little bit of a different capacity than what we talked about in episode one. So I'll, uh, sort of let episode one take care of that introduction and just say, um, Leah, welcome back. Thank you. Psyched to be here again. So today I want to talk about that embracing your identity and being your true self and how that's been. And I really want to talk about like what part of yourself you unlocked, Hmm. but I also really want to be cognizant to the fact that it probably hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows. And I think especially in today's culture, very much within the cycling scene, I recognize that although like someone like myself as an, like someone who considers himself an ally would really celebrate someone being themselves in every way. I want to recognize that that's not always the case and that there really is this like very hostile environment, like especially online and Mm -hmm. you know, what we went, what we dealt with in preparation for cyclocross nationals. Like I want to be cognizant of that. So I want to focus on telling your story, but I also don't want it to come across for, you know, as a, um, uh, not as a heterosexual person Yeah. or I'm going to say as a straight person. Um, I don't want it to come across like, I'm just like, oh my God, it's this amazing positive experience and I'm just going to gloss over the challenges. So I, uh, I'd like to hear both sides. So yeah. Leah, welcome to the show. <laughs> on that, on that really, really light, Super light note, fresh, fun, bouncy. <laughs> well, I think you know when we. I would never, ever uh, accuse you of glossing over everything, because anything, because. <laughs> Winnie has, Winnie has things to say about we that. She's like, look, maybe not you, but mom. I was glossing over some stuff that with you should know about. my life with Winnie. <laughs> so, because you have been one of the most active allies for me, and I think shown up in ways that um, it's really good for people to hear about and recognize. So, I go back to the U.S. Cup in Fayetteville, and at at the time, it was the spring of 2021, <clears throat> and all this anti-trans um, LGBTQ legislation was going on in Arkansas. Yeah. And for the fir- one of the first times in my cycling career, 
I felt like I was going to race in a place where I wasn't sure it was safe right. for me. Right. And I mean, I'm, I'm uh, privileged to say that, you know, yeah. that that was the first time. Right. So, cause I live in Vermont, it's in general, a welcoming place, um, community. So <clears throat> yeah, traveling there, I had some worries and, um, I, made the conscious decision. Like I wanted to show support for mm -hmm. the community, which I am a part of, but I made the conscious decision to not wear like the, the pride flag, um, ta temporary tattoo because yes. I was the, I didn't want it to take away from energy from and focus from racing because yeah. those were important races. And also I recognized that I was going home with my wife at yes. night and someone like you were going home with your boyfriend. Right. So it's a different situation. So this is a perfect example of an ally showing up in that moment. And you raced with the pride flag. Yeah, I, I did. And I remember that conversation, like, because I think you were sort of conflicted about it. You were yeah. like, it matters to me to show up. Yeah. But there's like this inherent, mm -hmm. like actual danger to doing it. It's yes. more than just um, like potentially getting like some bullshit comments from someone it was this like, yeah, you are, you're going home with your wife. And that was where it was like the, the privilege of being straight and cis yeah. was so apparent. And it was like, I, I wasn't in danger yeah. in this scenario. And I remember that conversation with you like very clearly because I was like, Leah, you don't like, this isn't like, I understand that you want to show your support, but like, you're the you know, kind of person that we're trying to support in this scenario. Obviously yeah. you don't live in Arkansas, but like this yeah. is your community and like, you don't take, I'm trying to figure out how to say that, but like, yeah, you don't need to put yourself at risk. Yeah. Cause like there is an actual, you know, um, there it's a risk. It is a risk. Yeah. It's a real risk. And it's so touching when people show up like that in those moments, because I mean, you are also taking on a risk by, you know, rocking the pride flag during that race in a place where maybe it's not safe. I mean, we, we, you don't know what's going to happen. So it's, that's what makes it even more meaningful, I think. And it also just by having that visibility and that visual support makes it a safer space. Yeah. I, I really like appreciate that feedback and not just because we're talking about me in this scenario yeah. but just in general I think like there is sort of this big question mark as to like whether it's performative to show up in that yeah. way or not and of course everyone's gonna have a different opinion on it and like I think that's great yeah um but like I know that at uh the next time that we went to Fayetteville was for the world championships yeah and I remember wearing a um trans pride sweatband mm -hmm. on my arm and I actually had a conversation with a trans person who was not out Mm. and had almost no plans of being out because they were from Arkansas oh, yeah. and their family would not have been accepting, but they said like coming to this event, I was really scared. Yeah. And seeing this show of support means like more than I could ever say. Yeah. And for me, that was enough <clears throat> to solidify, like if one person sees the, like there were so many people at that event wearing yeah, like pride gear. Yeah. And, um, you know, like this person who was at this event, like felt really, really seen and accepted by the cycling community because of it. Yeah. 
and like they live in Arkansas in a place that like they probably have not felt accepted Mm -hmm. in a lot of scenarios. So for me, I feel like that showing up, especially as a person with so much privilege, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it is important. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know, just with the performative part, it's, um, for me, it, it seems to be, it's been impactful so far from totally. what I've heard from people. Yes. And I agree like that, that experience in particular mm-hmm. at that race, you know, we show up to the start line and still there's some questions. Yes. I know I'm surrounded by like my band of sisters who, yeah. who have my back, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people in that space and community have my back. I know this. And still you're in a, in a kind of like questionable place. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. And I remember looking up and seeing someone wave a huge pride, pride yes, flag it was at the start line. Massive. Massive. Yes. And, and all of a sudden I was put at ease. I was yes. like, okay, we good. Yeah. Like I'm okay to race here. I can just yeah. be myself. I felt like that instant safety. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that experience alone shows that when you put up signs in your mm-hmm. yard, you know, or when you have a wave a pride flag physically yes, and, and have like rainbow buttons, pride flags, trans flags, it, it signals safety Yes, because I don't know mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I don't know a lot of the time when I'm walking, I can assume in mm-hmm. some situations, but you know, when walking into a situation, I'm like, I don't know if this is a safe space. Like, can I say my wife? Can I say or not? Right. You know, and, and, a a story that I heard at Rome fest that I went to, there's, there's like a strong, that's a very safe space, Mm -hmm. open and open and accepting. It was an incredible experience. And, um, a woman came up to me and said, you know, exactly. They're like flying the flag is really important. I went to a doctor's appointment and they pretty much force you to out yourself in, in the intake, you know, like yes. who's your spouse? Oh, mm. I'm going to say Betty, you know, and you know, you know, yes. and yes. so, and, and the, you're in a vulnerable situation where you're like medical, your health is at right. stake. Right. And she went to this doctor's appointment and the nurse was wearing like a, a rainbow um, lanyard, mm-hmm. you know, for her and. She goes, I don't know if you know this, but this make, puts me immediately at ease. And, <sighs> and it signals that, okay, this is a safe space for me. Yeah. I can say that I have a wife yeah. and it's, it's okay. So there, there are a lot of instances like that. It's like, oh, okay. I can, yeah. I can, I'm signaling, you know, I'm getting the signal that I can be myself. Yeah. I don't know why hearing about the nurse like kind of yeah. made me a little bit emotional because yeah. I think like especially... I, I have so much privilege. So like, I don't always think about that, even though I try to be conscientious of it. I don't have to like feel, um, yeah. At a doctor's appointment, when they ask if you're sexually active, you don't have to feel like yeah. that next question is coming. Totally. And, like, feel weird about it. Yeah. Um, or anything like that. It's like this, there's so much privilege and just like what you don't have to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this idea of like being able to put someone at ease without saying anything, but just saying like, yeah. Hey, like, it's kind of subtle. It's like a, like yeah. a little bit of like a, like a sideways wink. Yes. Like, no worries. Exactly. And yeah. that's all you need. Yeah. In a lot it's, of instances. Yeah. 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 Like the idea of, um, 
yeah, just not making those assumptions, I think can, can go a long way. So, um, yeah, I guess like stepping back a bit, we, we talked about like racing in 2021 and you're going home with your wife. Mm-hmm. let's zoom out a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like um like a quentin tarantino film time machine time <laughs> like, machine here's the end of the movie uh, yeah yeah we jumped leah right to the end is, leah is a mountain bike olympian <laughs> racing for her third olympics her yeah. wife is there supporting her <laughs> yes how wonderful <laughs> it's a wonderful ending <laughs> let's go back yeah <laughs> So we're going to zoom out a little bit. Yeah. We're going to maybe look back at even like 25-year-old Leah. Seems like a very different person, I'm sure, than the woman I'm staring at now. Yeah. When you, when I look at you, I see like this person who's just like so authentically themselves. And I see you as someone who is energetic and who loves the Olympics. Yes. And is a like open and proud gay woman. Yeah. And you are like a friend to everyone that you meet and you have all of these aspects of yourself. But you even said that you didn't come out until like late into your twenties. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. So do you feel like when before you were out, like was it just that one part of you that was like mm. kind of unrealized and I say unrealized not like literally but kind of like that it was not being um catered to yeah or do you feel like your coming out kind of like helped you discover a lot of different aspects to yourself yeah that's a great question and I think that was a major piece that was unrealized and maybe I don't give credit or acknowledge like the things that came after once I came out right? Like that I was living my true being, I could be myself. Yeah. And yeah, coming out and just that discovery process of who I am was, yeah, you're right. I was, I was a slightly different person, you know, still with the same essence, but maybe not as like settled in confident. And yeah, there's, there's a little bit of I'm trying to think of the word. Like I was, I was unsteady. I, I still had realized parts of like, yeah, I'm a bike racer. I'm going for the Olympics. Like this is what I'm doing. I was very focused and clear about this, but there is this one big part of me that was not clear. Mm-hmm. And just the process of discovery is painful because I didn't have any role models really growing yes. up. Yes. So there, in Vermont, I mean, you would think, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I mean, I really didn't even know any gay people until I went to college, and that was only gay men. And there was this culture in college that was very closeted, you know, at that time. And I was getting the wrong messages, too, with people in the bike industry after college that weren't out right so I'm like oh god I I can't be out in this world like to make this happen so grappling with that is a lot I mean it's a whole process to to realize okay this is who I like Mm -hmm. and there's like a little bit of back and forth like whoa okay I don't know if uh, yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) it's a very short summary (laughs) (laughs) but it's yeah it's it's kind of a wild journey 
And I look back at that person and even early in my bike career, when I was out, like in the beginning, I think there's just a certain level of, of getting older and maturity where Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm, I have gained the confidence throughout my career to like speak up Yes. For what I believe in mm-hmm. and what I value and yeah. I think what is right. But I didn't begin like that. You know, like right. there's this process of getting older and kind of like settling into yourself. Right. You didn't just come out one day and be like, I am gay. Yeah. Anyone who says anything <laughs> against that can fight me. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. And I am not. confident and proud and whatever. Like yeah. it started very differently. Very from... differently. And I think that's like really good to know because I think and this isn't just with coming out. It's like with recognizing a lot of important parts about yourself that you feel like you have to be in this like certain phase of your life Yeah. where you're like, well, I just need to get like X, Y, and Z in order. And then I'll be able to be the person that I want to be. Yeah. But it's like that person starts today. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, you know, whether that's coming out or, you know, doing something else like it's, um, yeah, you're not just going to wake up one day and be like, all right, I'm ready to like yeah. face the challenges of the world. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was coming out first to my family and I had a very privileged experience coming yeah. out. I mean, I was supported. Yeah. There, there are so many other instances where, you know, kids are abandoned. They like break family. It's just heartbreaking stories you hear of. And Frazier and I are both very lucky that in our respective families, like we are supported, you know, there's not a lot of like friction in terms of us being married and, Mm -hmm. and, and being gay. So, um, and it was even hard, you know, without that whole other challenge. Right. So, wow. Like if you complicate it with that factor, that is, that's like very rough. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if there's anyone out there who wonders like, why don't people just come out more? Yeah. Like, <laughs> which I don't, I, I don't think that that's a thing, but if there is like impossibly a, a person who believes that it's like it, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah you don't, you don't know. No, you don't know. And I also had, um, a lot of gifts along the way. One was, my dad, who is very wise, and he knew what was happening. I mean, he knew, I think, without me knowing. Oh, bless, and, bless dads. I know. <laughs> just bless, so great, bless right? parents that are just like, <laughs> they oh, can sweetie, see you are going on a journey. Yes. And one day it's going to lead back to here and I'll be. Yeah. I'll be prepared. Exactly. He wrote me an email in college, like, un solicited just out of the blue I got this email really went out senior year when I was like in this process of like figuring out who I liked and it said Leah your mom and I have no designs on your life who you love who you you know what you do for work everything so um we love you and that just I was like set free Yeah, from that. I mean, that was a real gift. So thank you, Dad. Oh, my God. (laughs) For giving me that (laughs) gift. (laughs) It it was literally crying. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, fast forward, maybe it was a year later, and I said, my dad and I drove out to Durango after college together. I was moving out there. This is so, I just can't keep anything in, you know, like, just so hard for me. So 
that's why I came out like once I figured out, okay, I have this information has to get out of me. Like I can't <laughs> not live, live this lie. So I'm okay. I'm going to come out to my dad on this road trip that we're going to, we're going to drive from Vermont to Durango. And we literally didn't get 10 minutes away from home. Oh my God. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, of course, cause he wrote me that email, but still it was a big deal. Yeah. And then I thought, well, now what are we going to talk about for the rest of the trip? Like, I thought this was like, we had barely next? crossed the town line. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I thought this would at least last us to like Ohio. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, okay. Like, he, actually his response was, Leah, there's too little love in the world. Yeah, my dad. Just, oh my god. Yeah. I don't know if I've met your dad, but I want to give him just the biggest hug. <laughs> Definitely. Oh. Yeah. So that that was an incredible experience, and and you know even with that like ushering and and gifts along the way, it's still it's still scary and it's still yeah. a risk. Yeah. Um, the other kind of pivotal moment was when okay I'd come out to my family, and. I was in the process of almost like coming out quietly to my friends and like to the world. And I was like unsure, I, you know, it would, and it would cause awkwardness, right? They'd be like, oh, who's with you? And I'd be like, um, uh, well, <laughs> it's my girlfriend. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, like, uh. Wait, what do you mean? Okay. And, and so they were like, their reaction was meeting my, um, like not having confidence, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Fear. Right. And so a friend, Carl with a K, we were talking about this and he goes, you just have to own it. Like, it's no big deal. Like you I mean, this is truly an example of fake it till you make it. Yes. He was like, you just have to own it. Like it's no big deal. And they'll react with the same. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. And it worked like a charm. I'd be like, yeah, that's my girlfriend. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. They're just like stepping right in line. Yeah. They're like Leah's girlfriend. Cool. Great to meet you. Yeah. So you just like, it was that shift, which was huge because, oh my gosh, I was like stumbling all over the place, like (laughs) fumbling for the light. (laughs) This is so (laughs) awkward. And how many times am I going to have to do this? Right. Mm -hmm. So thankfully... Carl with the K gave me that advice. Thank you. Thank you, Leah's dad. Thank you, Carl with a K. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think like one thing I want to go back to, and it, it sort of does, I think, lend itself to fumbling with the lights off. Yeah. Is um no role models. Yeah. And I think like that's super vital. So it's like I'm trying to do the math on this time. So you were racing juniors in 2002. So that Mm -hmm. means that this would be like maybe 2005 ish around when this is happening. Exactly. Like early two thousands, um, pre social media. Yes. Yeah. And so like you couldn't just look up like, gay influencer (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and be like oh wow there's this woman who is like the ceo of a company who's gay or this woman who is um a swimmer or whatever yeah there's no megan rapino you know yes oh my god love her i was just like re reunited with my memory of (laughs) 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 Megan (laughs) rapino glorious 
There was no Megan Rapino. Yeah. I mean, there was, but we didn't, was, we she didn't know it yet. She didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Megan <laughs> she, if, if she listens to this, she's like, what the hell? Did, did she think that I just like <laughs> materialized? Just born out of the soccer turf? <laughs> <laughs> but if you have issues with object permanence, like I do, there was no Megan Rapinoe in 2005. Yeah, exactly. So there are like, there are no real role models. Yeah. Um, you know, going back on my own memory, you really have like Ellen DeGeneres to work with. Yes. That was it. <laughs> exactly. And I only know that because here's a great example of the culture. Not that you need to be reminded of it because my name was Ellen. <laughs> I was constantly bullied at school for being a lesbian. Oh, because what? the only other Ellen in the world. Are you serious? And even back then, I was like, oh. I was like I'm not a lesbian. Why would? Yeah. Why do they care if I'm a lesbian? So confusing. It was like, it's this weird idea that like we're definitely taught this type of thinking. Because yes. I was like, at that age, I'm like, why do they care if I'm a lesbian? I'm yes. not, but I'm but I'm not. But it's like <laughs> yes. it doesn't matter. Like why am I being bullied about this? Yes. Because. No one had taught me that it was bad to be a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> so, totally. I digress. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I'm it's I'm so this... invested in that story. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> not much more to it except for like, oh, are, you're Ellen DeGeneres and all Ellens are yeah. gay. And, oh, um, kids are rough. They are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no real role models. So I guess like, I mean, I kind of feel like I'm skipping ahead in the way that I thought this conversation would go, but I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. Um, you are not just an athlete who is like coincidentally gay. Yeah. You are like, that is a, in the way that I see you, you are like an out and proud athlete mm-hmm. who is like actively representing yeah. the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And you ride... <laughs> the gay bike. Yeah. <laughs> so many gay we were, things. We were like that, that bike is super gay. <laughs> like super it's gay. super gay. You <laughs> raced in the athlete ally kit yeah. at Unbound. You have done, I mean, just like I'm sure so many things that I don't even know about. Yeah. But you like it's not an afterthought in your identity, I guess, in, in yeah. your athletic identity. And I'm gonna maybe lob you a softball, but why is that important to you? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for the, for the, I, you answered the question for the obvious reason that I did not have role models growing up. And so I want to get, I want to be that role model if I can to kind of pave the way and give others permission to be like, to create that space and to say, yeah, it's okay. All of these things can exist. You know, I say, you can be an Olympian. You can be on a team with sponsor support because these are two things I didn't know if that the, that could right. happen there if was I was no, out. There was no blueprint. Yes, there's no blueprint. And I had a lot of fear around that. Yeah. So you can be an Olympian. You can be on a team and be a bike racer as a job, a professional athlete, and you can be gay. Like these things can coexist. And so I want to, yeah, be the living example of that. Have you had experiences that um, maybe like anything direct that has really like reaffirmed that decision for you? Like have people, have there been people who have like seen that blueprint and been able to run with it? Yeah. They, there um, have been people that reach out over Instagram or I see, I meet for the first time in person and say, 
hey, I really appreciate your like you mm-hmm. being out and yeah. talking about these things. And even if one person mm-hmm. just had reached out and said that, like that's enough for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and multiple people have reached out. So it feels um, very important. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think a lot of what I hear is like, maybe there aren't people who are like reaching out directly, but I think that there are a lot of parents Mm -hmm. who look at you and they look at their queer children Mm -hmm. and they're like, all right, I think that the future that they're headed towards is going to be a lot more compassionate than the one that maybe I grew up in. Yes. And yeah, the, the people who are older than you that had even less of a non-existent blueprint and, yes. and whatnot, like that's yeah. really, really, really massive. Um, and then, like you said, you, you can be on a team and you can have sponsors mm-hmm. and still be yeah, like a professional and it doesn't have to be this, um, roadblock. Yeah. And so like, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, I, I know the answer to this, mm-hmm. but you've had some sponsors that have like really, really shown their support yeah. to you and also Frey. Yeah. Um, so like, what is, what is that like? Yeah. You know, what, like, how does that feel when there's always like that constant little question mark, even if a sponsor supporting you to yeah. know that like, to know it, they're more than sponsoring you or that they're like supporting you. Yeah. Yeah, Garneau, um, back in 2018, in the lead up to when Fraser and I were getting married, they made us custom wedding skin suits that we wore <laughs> on the morning of our ride. It was awesome. And they did a photo shoot like before a wedding with them on. We had a bottle of Dom, you know, for champagne. That was the first, that was the first time that I tried Dom. It was incredible. And so just like, and they, they threw those photos out on their social media, out um, in email blast. You know, this is pre kind of like the reckoning of 2020, which I think brought the conversation of inclusion way more to the forefront. So there's been a lot uh, more awareness around it since then, but this is pre, this is like pre 2020, this is in 2018. So that was really the moment. And it wasn't that long ago where I was like, Oh, it, it was true permission, like full permission. Like, Oh, I can be my full self yes. in, in this realm of my life. And it's celebrated really. Like it's, it's, right. it's worthy enough. Tolerated. Yes, exactly. It's like worthy enough to make a custom skin suit. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like that's huge, but then also to send it out to your entire mm-hmm. email list as a business. I mean, that is huge. Yeah. And it really changed my focus um, in my advocacy. Because yeah. before I was, I didn't really talk about it yeah. online. And Heidi Myers, who used to work at, um, at Garneau and she runs Rasputitsa. She's okay. a good friend of mine yeah. and she's helped me with social media. And she, we had a chat and she was like, Leah, I, I think this is something that you should talk about. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Because I want to be able to create that visibility and give that gift of freedom mm-hmm. to somebody else, Yes. you know, coming up behind me. So after that, I got way more intentional about okay. social media because of that gift from a sponsor. And then fast forward this year, you know, there's, 
this year was I had way less at stake, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's always the pressure of like qualifying for the Olympics. Like I want to ride this certain equipment and everything needs to line up. So there's not as much room for like taking risks. Mm-hmm. And so I never really like push the envelope in terms of like custom kits mm-hmm. or custom bikes, right? So this season um, really also afforded me that freedom because I was like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not racing World Cups. Uh, if you say no to like a partnership, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's not like the Olympics at stake. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take some risks in terms of like when Allied comes to me and they say, all right, what do you want to do for your bike design? And I'm like, whoa, we get to design our own like bike paint scheme. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, the first one, I'm thinking about this concept for my athlete ally kit, darkness to light. Um, so let's do that. You yeah. know, and that's all about like my coming out journey. So they said, great. You know, what colors do you want to do? So they didn't even bat an eye. Mm-hmm. And that's that's meaningful. And then, I mean, really everyone's just like met me where I am with like, yeah, let's do this. And it's been a lot of requests of like pride, you know, Mm -hmm. and being out there and visible. And so really when Allied said, okay, what do you want to do for your next paint scheme for the mountain bike? I said, I'm thinking something really subtle. (laughs) I want you to have to get up close. (laughs) Only people who really know me. Tone down, you know? Like my personality. Exactly. (laughs) Quiet. And I was like, well, let's not beat around the bush. Let's just do a pride bike, you know, and let's make it rainbow. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. And, And we went back and forth and came back with like this rainbow splatter paint scheme. And it's incredible. I mean, it's the most beautiful bike I've ever seen. It looks good, but also for what it means. I mean... When that came in the mail and Fraser and I are unpacking it out in the driveway, we were crying just because it's such a gift. You know, it's a physical representation of like a company being wholeheartedly behind me. Mm-hmm. And that that's better than any gift you could ever receive. And it's like, very emotional to think about like the person who was probably torn up for a long time about like, who am I and how do I be this person in the world to then go all the way to unboxing that bike in the driveway with your wife. It's like, Oh my gosh. Do you think if, you know, young Leah could have seen that, (sighs) that it might have, (laughs) it would have made the journey way easier, way easier and way sooner. (laughs) If, and if I also knew that Fraser was at the end of the line, my goodness, I would have would experienced way less strife in my life. You would have just been like getting punches thrown left, right, and center. You're like, it's Whatever. all right, it's just leading. It's like the Rascal Flat song. Yes. Plus the broken road that led me to you. Exactly. <laughs> so the good. Yeah. There's so much good. There's the bad. Mm-hmm. We can talk about the bad if you want. And we also don't have to. Yeah. But what about 
it's the entire journey. Yeah. And like I said, I, I want, I, my dream for this episode is that even just one person, like we've said, yeah, listens to it, who has been grappling with their true, truer selves. Yeah. Um, what's the overall message to them? Is it like, is it worth it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> even for all the, yeah, the, the broken road yeah. that we... Yeah, I think it's just... And it's also be easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you don't... You're arriving at this moment in your own time. Mm-hmm. Like there's no rush. And it's 100% worth taking that risk. Yeah. To, to live your truth. Because it's suffocating yeah. when you don't. It, it impacts everything. Yeah. It's suffocating. And so it's worth it. And there, and there is love out there for you in the world. Yeah. I, so many things you've said, have, um, I've been getting chills on my scalp <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, you know, you, you talked earlier about like, you were really fortunate yes. in the whole process and there are people who will not be that fortunate, mm-hmm. but if those, like those people may not be the love that is waiting for you but yeah. like there is absolutely there are absolutely people out there who will love you and yeah. do love you yeah um for like who you really really truly are yeah um and I think that that's like it's terrifying but it's a journey yes and it's not going to happen overnight you're not going to wake up one day and say like yeah like we talked about at the beginning, like, all right, I am me and I'm confident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when you, it's not, it's not going to be easy. I mean, I think we know that, but the first reaction you get when you come out will, may not be like the only thing, you know, it, it can, it can morph and change over time with people and like in general. Yeah, like even with the individual. Yeah. I know people who have come out that have come out to parents that are like completely shocked. Yes. Sometimes that are grieving. Yes, exactly. They they do have a roadmap. Yep. I know parents who have grieved because they know that their child is going to go through something a lot more challenging Mm -hmm. than if they were just, you know. Yeah. Completely straight and like totally, you know, heteronormative. Yeah. They're like, this is going to be a hard journey for you, but there are parents who, and and family members and everything who come around. Yeah. And, and it's, I think it's a lot of fear of the unknown. I mean, there's usually a lot of questions like, well, can my child have kids? You know, like, how does that even happen? Right. Is it magic? Mm -hmm. Is it science? It's a little bit of both, you Mm -hmm. know, like, so I, yeah, there's that time period where you need to allow people to just like, they're going to be in shock, yeah. you know, and they, some people are afforded some space, you know, for a set period of time to come around and mm-hmm. ask questions and yeah. maybe educate themselves. Like you don't <laughs> need to be the one educating, but yeah, things can shift and move like hang in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I want to come back to a question from earlier, which is when you did come out, Mm -hmm. what did that unlock for you? Yeah, it's hard to put my finger on any like particular thing. And I think, uh, just in general, probably a, a weight was lifted. I mean, I, I, I didn't feel like I was like living with this heavy burden 
that was just like dying to like get out of me, right? Um, yeah, so I think it was a general lightening of the load, and we all know that we're going for lighter is faster on our bikes and everything. So it probably, I mean, emotionally, the weight I was carrying um, got lifted. Yeah, in, in a big aspect. So that helped. I mean, especially for a person who has a saying, happiness is fast. That was huge. <laughs> so I think um, that definitely made me faster. I... <laughs> It's just, I this episode has made me, like, really emotional. <laughs> We're getting into it. We are. This It's just, Two friends like, getting into it. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I, I'm really, like, appreciative of you sharing this whole thing. And I, I do hope that, like, I mean, it, this has impacted me and I'm not someone who is um, grappling with any sort of, like, unknown identity. Yeah. And it's still, like, very um, impactful for me to hear. So I really appreciate you being so honest and vulnerable and I also appreciate that you've just been your true self for a very long time yeah. just in general existing thanks um, Ellen I guess probably my last question for you Leah yeah is if you have anything that you would say to someone who's listening who may be like oh I see a lot of myself in this person mm -hmm. um but I don't know like sort of how to honor that do you have anything to say to that person yeah I you know, even, even if you have hard days and you can still, it's okay. Like that's a very human experience. Right. So I think just go, go easy on yourself. I think that's maybe my main message. Go easy on yourself. Yeah. What do you want this episode to be titled? It's oh, blank. Man. This one's for you. So if you're the most gay. This one's for you. <laughs> You're the most gay. Winnie. Winnie. Winnie, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. That's okay. You can shoot me a text. Yeah. Leah, thank you so much for your extensive time, your Thanks, very brave and incredible vulnerability, and your continuing friendship. Yeah. Always. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. That's a wrap. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that wonderful chat with Leah. You can follow Leah on Instagram at Leah Eats A Lot. We encourage you also to check out Athlete Ally and the important work that they are doing to champion LGBTQI plus inclusion in and through sport. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so you never miss an episode. If there's anything you would like to see discussed on the show or a guest you think would be a great addition, please shoot us a message at ellennoble.com contact. We'll be back in two weeks time with a new episode with a slightly different format from what we've done in the past. And I'm really excited to share that with you all. So until then, much love and be kind to yourself. Know that you got it.